Hello everybody, it's Melissa, I'm back, and today I would like to talk about something that I think is really relevant and really important to talk about, and that is all of the myths and stereotypes that surround autism. This is something that can be a hindrance and it can be damaging in many ways to many of us. Um, because there are these, um, these ideas about what autism looks like that are very inaccurate. And not only do they cause people to have inaccurate perceptions about us as autistic people, but also can prevent people who are autistic from being diagnosed because you feel like you don't fit the stereotypical mold. And that's kind of almost what happened to me. I mean, you know, when I looked through the list of, of female autistic traits, which I've said before, I don't really like the gendering of the autism traits, but like, this is how it's presented, uh, or that's how the list was presented. Um, when I read that list, I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. But then, you know, some of the research I started doing after that made me start questioning because a lot of these things were popping up that I didn't fit into, but they were saying, you know, like, oh, all autistic people have this. Oh, all autistic people. If you're autistic, this is a thing. And I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't fit me. And so does that mean I'm not autistic? Like, did I get this wrong? And, uh, you know, obviously I am autistic. I got my diagnosis. So I am living, breathing proof that you don't have to fit into all of these, um, these little stereotyped boxes. Um, and, you know, it is a spectrum. We are all different and all of our, our traits affect us and present outwardly in different ways. And, and we all have different combinations of things that we have or don't have. And really, like, to be diagnosed, you just have to check the boxes on the DSM-5 criteria, which I think, I mean, that's how it is in the U.S. I'm not sure, actually, this just dawned on me, um, internationally, um, is the DSM a thing in other places, in other countries? This is weird. I don't know this. I'm going to look this up after this episode. Um, but here in the U.S., at least, um, we have the, the diagnostic and statistical manual, I think is what the DSM stands for. I used to be a nurse in the field of psychiatrics. I should know this. Um, the DSM-5. Anyway, they list the diagnostic criteria for autism and none of these things that are floating around as stereotypes, um, I, I wouldn't say none of them, but most of them aren't things that need to be present for you to be diagnosed with autism. Um, so a lot of these things are just traits that many of us probably have, um, but not all of us. I shouldn't say many of us. Maybe, um, now that we are moving into a time where we are realizing um, how much more diverse of a spectrum autism is, maybe now these aren't things that are viewed as things that most or all autistic people have. Maybe these are just viewed as things that some autistics have and some don't. So anyway, I'm going to go over some of the biggest ones that I personally um, 
didn't connect to and therefore you know I questioned whether or not I could be autistic because I don't have these things uh so I just I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I feel like it's important so um the first one is that uh autistic people take things literally and that they don't understand sarcasm so I grew up on sarcasm my dad is probably the most sarcastic person in the entire world. Um, so I learned from a very young age what sarcasm was. I learned how to use it. I am a very sarcastic person as an adult. Um, and I don't know if just because I grew up with someone who was very sarcastic, if I just learned it. Um, but I know that there are a lot of autistic people out there that definitely understand sarcasm. So I'm not alone in that. Um, and I don't take things literally very often at all. Uh, there have been a couple times in my life where I feel like I've had to clarify, like, wait, are you joking? Or are you being serious? Um, but this isn't a thing that happens to me often. I can typically understand if someone is being literal, literal or not. Um, I understand sayings if someone says like, oh, you know, I went down a rabbit hole. I don't think that they actually went down a literal rabbit hole. Like, that's not a thing. So that's one that I did not fit into. Um, also, uh, another one that's kind of related is that autistic people don't have a sense of humor, uh, which I don't know. I mean... Okay, so I definitely have a sense of humor. I really enjoy comedy. Um, I, oh, speaking of comedy, I'm going to go on a tiny tangent here about comedy. Uh, there is a comedian who I love. His name is Mike Kaplan. Mike is spelled M-Y-Q, which I love. Like, throw a Q into your name. It's so, it makes it so much more interesting. Um, Mike Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. He has stuff on Spotify, uh, stand-up specials on Spotify, and I don't know, I'm no expert, but he has to be neurodivergent in some way, because just the way he talks and the way his shows are structured, it just, I don't know, I love him, I'm obsessed. So if you're a person who enjoys comedy and you're neurodivergent, um, go check him out. Also, have you guys seen the Netflix special, um, Douglas by, uh, Hannah Gadsby? Gadsby? Yeah, I think that's her last name. Um, she's an autistic woman who is a comedian. Um, she did another special called Nanette, which is sort of a more serious, uh, more serious one, which is also really good. But Douglas, um, if you haven't seen this on Netflix, it is so good and she is so funny and I related to so many of the things that she talked about. So anywho, those are my two recommendations for comedians for those of you out there um, who enjoy comedy like I do. And I do have a sense of humor and I I don't know. I I think a lot of these stereotypes make autistic people sound like robots and like we're not human and like we're not fun. Um, but Ugh, anyway, um, another one that at first, uh, of course I was like, 
wait, it, it, it sort of confused me. And I had just did a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to go too much into this one, but, um, the stereotype that autistic people don't have empathy. And I think that is a very damaging, damaging stereotype. And I don't think it's true at all. Um, also, um, not being able to understand facial expressions or body language. Now, this is a thing that I know some autistic people struggle with. I am not one of those people. I actually feel like most of the time I'm hypersensitive to this sort of thing. I can really tell when someone's mood shifts, um, just by, like, I can just tell. I can tell if someone's bored. I can tell if someone's tired. I can tell if someone looks upset. You know, it's just, it's not a thing that's ever been a mystery to me, really. Sometimes I don't maybe understand why, <laughs> um, but I can definitely tell if someone is, if someone's mood has changed or, or what mood someone is in. Um, or if they're trying to convey something through their facial expression or their body language, that's not a problem for me. Uh, another one is that autistic people cannot tolerate noise in any way, shape or form. This is another huge stereotype. Um, I, yes, I have very sensitive hearing and there are a lot of noises that bother me. Um, some of them are noises that you wouldn't expect and other noises though are fine. Like it's, it's very situational for me. When I was a kid, we lived by a, uh, Navy base when I was growing up and for one, every year we would go to the air shows where the, there's this, um, this, uh, group. I, I don't know what they're called. It's like, uh, <laughs> I'm stalling out for like the word to how to describe this. It's like a, it's like a performance thing. The, the blue angels, the name is the blue angels. It's a bunch of like jets that perform things in the sky. So they'll like fly over in like different formations and do like these big, crazy, like, I don't know the terms for like flying things, big like circles in the air and just like really cool stuff, like draw like a big circle and like fly around all crazy. I used to love the air show when I was a kid. I looked forward to it every year. It was so fun. The noise never bothered me. And in fact, our house was underneath the flight path for where the jets for the Navy would do their like flight patterns and do their like practice flying. And they would fly really low over our house and it would be so loud that it would like actually rattle our walls. And it never bothered me. It, I don't know if it was just because I was used to it or what, but that noise absolutely never bothered me. Um, but like if my dad went outside to cut wood and he was using the chainsaw, oh my God, like get me out of there. Like every single nerve in my body felt like it was exposed. Like I hate the noise of a chainsaw. So it's like, you can't just say all autistic people hate noise it's like, what kind of noise are we talking about? Also, are we talking about music? I love music. If it's music that I like, I love it if it's loud. Like, I used to be a DJ for crying out loud. And, uh, yeah, there's just, 
there's certain noises and certain situations that are perfectly fine with me. Other ones, not so much. So it's like, yeah, we, we again, we can't make this broad generalization, right? And I think that's really, really damaging. Um, another one I thought of that definitely doesn't fit me is that all autistic people are really blunt or rude or that they don't have a filter and also that they are careless about that if they do have that trait. So, um, I am not blunt at all. (laughs) I actually very much, um, am the opposite of blunt. I, I over filter what I say. I think I am very, always very conscientious of what's about to come out of my mouth because I'm terrified of hurting someone's feelings or saying the wrong thing. So I sometimes, I mean, this makes communication highly stressful for me. I kind of wish I was just blunt and whatever came out of my mouth just came out because, uh, uh, sometimes like the overthinking of everything that, that comes out is, really hard and really exhausting. Um, and it's where, you know, scripting comes in very handy and it's, you know, and it's the main reason that I overanalyze every conversation that I've had after I have it. Um, it's like, okay, what did I say? How was it received? Was that an appropriate way to express myself? You know, like going through all of the, trying to check all the boxes and make sure it was all okay. Um, you know, so definitely not blunt, definitely not rude. And like also the stereotype that, um, that if autistic people, there are autistic people that are more blunt and that don't really have a filter and that will kind of say things that are like, um, like, oops, oh, maybe shouldn't have said that or whatever. Um, but there's this stereotype that like, if people have that, that they just don't care. And that's where like the empathy thing comes in. It's like, oh, well they heard that person's, I don't think that's true either. Now, I don't have this trait, so I've never experienced this, but I really think that if an autistic person is blunt and they accidentally say something, you know, and then it's brought to their attention, uh, I'm sure they care. I'm sure they feel terrible. And then I'm sure it makes them feel bad about themselves because they didn't mean it, you know? So putting out this information that's like, oh, autistic people are just rude and they don't even care. You know, they just say whatever and it just comes out. Um, so (laughs) I will say this is making me think a lot about one of my favorite TV characters, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. I know he's controversial. Um, but again, (laughs) I don't know, maybe, maybe he is perpetuating some of these more damaging stereotypes. But one of the things that I do like about that show, and I'm not going to info dump about Big Bang Theory, but I do freaking love that show. Um, is (laughs) so (laughs) it's a, it's a caricature, right? No. And they never say he's autistic, but I mean, like, come on. And he is based on an autistic person in real life. One of the creators of the show, one of the creators and writers, um, is autistic and Sheldon's character was based on him. So, and we all know Sheldon's autistic anyway. So, um, but he has that trait in the show. He is very blunt and he's very, uh, 
um, at times considered to be rude or self-centered, not caring, whatever. Um, but one of the nuances of that show that I really appreciate is that they do, like Sheldon's character development um, is really great because they show these moments where um, it's revealed that he does really care and that he doesn't mean to say those things that he says or hurt anyone's feelings sometimes and that it's just something that he doesn't quite understand and that he has a struggle with. So on the flip side, I have to appreciate that show for showing both sides of that coin, for being like, okay, look, this person presents this way, but here's how they really feel. They're not actually an a-hole like this guy really does care he just doesn't understand and like so anyway I'm gonna get off my soapbox about Sheldon I get very defensive over Sheldon you guys I love him um I do relate a lot to him even though some of my um traits present differently than his uh I do feel just like so similar anyway um so another one is this is sort of related to the other, the one I just mentioned, is not understanding social rules. And when this is, um, when this is talked about online, like on these lists or whatever, and they give examples of like what not understanding social rules looks like, um, it's like things like interrupting, talking over people, like things that would be considered rude or like, um, you know, like you don't know how to um how to interact with other people and yeah that is a thing for some autistic people and I feel like this again is a, a thing that does affect me because there are certain social situations and rules that don't really make sense to me um but I do know how to outwardly act so I guess this one comes with sort of a caveat because I, I don't feel like this applies to me the way it's presented as the stereotype way of like this person who is just totally um, clueless socially. Um, I feel like my deep understanding of social rules and norms isn't great, but... I've been socialized to be able to come across like I do understand. And this is where the masking stuff comes in so heavily, especially we know with, with women who or people who have been socialized as girls, as female, um, that this can be a big one for us where it's like, um, <laughs> I mean, especially for me, I mean, I can only speak to my own experience, but uh, there have been so many times where I have been confused about certain things, but I won't let on or like, um, I've just avoided being social altogether because it's a lot of work, um, to figure out what's, what's going on. <laughs> so I guess, um, I guess I do kind of, ugh, now I'm like going back, but I do fit into the stereotype, but not in the way that the stereotype is presented as like how this autistic person would outwardly present. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense. And, uh, the last one I'm going to talk about is, uh, the fact that autistic people are very monotone. 
or robotic with their voice or with their facial expressions. And I mean, you guys listen to my podcast. I don't feel like I'm monotone at all. There are times um, where I am not as um, as varied in my my tone or <laughs> whatever. But I I don't feel like I'm ever monotone, and I'm and I'm not a robotic person in my voice or my facial expressions. Um, This, of course, is a thing for certain autistic people. Uh, And again, like, that doesn't make them any more autistic than me or me anymore. Like, none of this puts you anywhere on a certain scale. Like, that's not how it works. That's how it's presented, but it's, it's not how it works. And, um many of these things are like, here is how it is. And here is what it looks like. And it's just not true. Um, so as I was like, looking, googling around and like looking at all these lists of autistic traits and stuff. Um, I, uh, (laughs) so, okay, first of all, I thought it would be like, kind of a fun idea. I don't know if the fun is the right word. I, I thought it would be interesting to type in to Google search, uh, a term, you know how like you can type in the beginning of a sentence and Google will autofill the remainder for you with like different options of maybe things that have been searched a lot, like most popular searches related to that phrase or whatever. So I decided I was going to type in, why do autistic people and then see what Google auto-filled for me. And here's what it came up with. It came up with seven things for why do autistic people wear headphones, like trains, avoid eye contact, walk on their toes, rock, like Sonic, and cover their ears. Now, Sonic, I'm assuming the hedgehog? I don't really know what that one means. I'm assuming it's the hedgehog, which I thought was a really weird thing to come up to. A lot of people, a lot of autistic people like Sonic. This was a thing I've never heard of before. So don't know. Um, Why do autistic people rock? I'm assuming they mean like rock back and forth. But I'm going to say autistic people do rock like we rock. Like as humans, we rock. Um... I, I don't know. I just feel like that list is very, very stereotypical. Really, none of those apply to me. I do, I do avoid eye contact. Yeah. And I do wear um, noise-canceling things. Now that I know that I have sound sensitivities, I never did before uh, this past year. Um, so, but, I mean, it's just like, it's so narrow. It's just so narrow of a few, you guys. Um, so... <laughs> Oh, oh, you know what? I just thought of another one that don't, that doesn't fit me that I always was like, why is this a thing? Why, why are people saying this about autistic people that autistic people like don't have any desire to have relationships that they, you know, prefer being alone, that 
they don't have, um, like romantic desires. They don't, you know, anything like that. And, uh, that's also a thing where I'm like, well, you know, I've been married. I have a long-term partner. I've been in a lot of relationships. I have kids. Like I do have friends. Like I do crave, um, social interaction sometimes. Like I do enjoy being around people sometimes. Um, so that's another stereotype that can be really like inaccurate. Um, and I know there are a lot of autistic people out there that I've met who do enjoy being social and do enjoy dating and do enjoy having a partner and, you know, do enjoy being parents. And, you know, it's like all of these things that have made autistic people feel like absolute loners and, uh, people who don't have any need or want or desire for interpersonal, like, communication and relationships, um, and, uh, that's just, it's, it's not true. You know, I, I do enjoy my solitude very much, of course, um, but I feel like most of us are, you know, we're, we're human and we do like that other side of things. It's just, um, the way we go about it is different and maybe the, the things that we enjoy are different and we're maybe a little bit more picky about how we get those interactions or who we get those interactions with. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, um, as I was, as I was Googling around and looking for traits and stuff, I started coming across a couple of things that like were started to make me mad. And so I had to stop because I just didn't want to go down that figurative rabbit hole. Um, but you know, when you type something into Google, so the thing I typed in was just autism traits. Cause I wanted to see, I was curious what would come up. And of course, a lot of inaccurate things came up and I'll, more inaccurate than not. Um, and you know, when you Google something and your results come up and then there's different, um, other like suggested things that are similar to your search. And one of the things that came up under that was a, someone asking a question, can you be slightly autistic? And I was like, oh, I'm curious to see what the answer to this question was. So I clicked on it and it said a person can be mildly autistic. Mildly autistic people are unable to understand the body language or emotions of the people around them. However, they have normal intelligence and can carry on their day-to-day -day activities. Wow. Are you as disturbed by that as I am? I, my jaw literally fell open and I was just like gaping at my computer screen because I was like, oh my gosh. And this is on a website called medicinenet.com. So this is a medical website or, or a website that claims to be related to medicine. And they're saying, making this broad generalization for one, they're using functioning labels for two, they are making a very broad generalization and saying mildly autistic people are unable to understand the body language or emotions of the people around them. However, they have normal intelligence, whatever that means, normal compared to what? And can carry on their day-to-day -day activities. Can we? <laughs> How do you know that? 
person who's typing this. Anyway, that made me mad, but I still clicked on another one because I had to know the answer to this one too, where the question was, when should I worry about autism? And here's what that one says. Are you ready? Because this one really got me. Really got me, guys. Okay, so it says, as an answer to the question, when should I worry about autism? It says, late or idiosyncratic speech, social awkwardness, over or under reaction to light, sound, or smell, or a compelling need for routine or sameness. Each of these are symptoms of autism, but none of them alone is a true red flag. When several of these symptoms combine, however, it may be time for greater concern. Wow. Talk about fear-mongering. Why, why are we making autism sound so scary? Like it's cancer. Like, now it's time for greater concern. If you're having these red flags. Like, wow. This is what's on the internet about autism. This is on this was on verywellhealth.com, another website that seems like it's talking about health or wellness. So a- another headline underneath this one that I'm just seeing now is five signs to worry about regarding autism ch- autism in children. Like it's just it's upsetting because I just I feel like now, as, as an autistic person, as an openly autistic person, um, it's very offensive that autism is seen as, like, such a, you know, thing to worry about or, you know, a thing to look for red flags about or, you know, a thing that's, that's looked at like a disease or something scary Um, you know, I, I understand that autism, the way it's been portrayed has made many, many people, particularly parents in the world, afraid that their child is going to have autism. And I, I understand why when you look at how it's portrayed, I understand why parents are afraid of it. That's why I feel like we need to make big changes on how autism is shown to people. Um, I think we can start by, um, I mean, I think there are a lot of people already emerging on social media that have huge followings that don't really outwardly fall into a lot of those stereotype views, um, which is great. Um, I think that if we can use other platforms like, like TV movies, I, I do, I don't have a problem with, um, certain shows, you know, that I've talked about on, on this podcast and the way that they've portrayed autistic people, but I wish that, um, that there was a broader portrayal um, because it's only showing one type, really, if you think about it. Um, you know, shows like Love on the Spectrum are great. Like I said, I gushed about that show. I really love that show. Um, 
But on the flip side, like, they did show one very um, narrow type of presentation of autism um, where you know, a lot of those people were adults, but they were still living at home, or if they weren't living at home, they had, um, much more difficulties, much more higher support needs, um, and, uh, a, apparent, like, they made the struggles of those people apparent, you know, which, which isn't a bad thing, but also, like, because the struggles are real with autism, right? It's it's not a bad thing to talk about, but I think like we've rarely showed in the media autistic people being successful <laughs> or having um beautiful fulfilling lives. You know, uh I hope we're headed that direction. I hope that we can start showing autism in a way that's not like um, <laughs> not showing it as a positive in a degrading way like sometimes it is like where you're like oh I'm so inspired by you you have autism and you've still you know managed to do all of this stuff you know not in that way not in a way that is um also like like showing the extreme ends of the spectrum and I don't mean like the autism spectrum I mean like the the spectrum of like um like the zero to a hundred like there's there are the extremes of like oh well you know this person's autistic and they must be a genius or then on the flip side there's a stereotype of like this person's autistic they must have an intellectual disability it's like people either view it one way or the other like you either have an intellectual disability or you're a genius like, no one's floating in the middle as far as people are concerned. So it's, like, sometimes I feel like that's all that's shown is, like, you're either at the one end or the other. And we all know it doesn't work that way. So, anyway, I kind of went on a rant there. But it's it's frustrating. And especially as someone who's sort of emerging into the world with this identity and, and wanting to be open about it. But then at certain times... Um, I feel, uh, nervous to do that just because I know that there are these stereotypes and that I'm like, okay, if, if these people know I'm autistic, are they automatically going to treat me different? Are they automatically going to be like, oh, like, oh, that's great. You're doing great. Like you're autistic. Oh, you're doing like, you know, when people get that tone of voice and you're just like, no, you don't have to do that. Like I'm not a child. I'm not someone to say awe over. Like it's just like, I'm just a regular human like you. My brain just works differently. Like that's the only difference. Um, I mean, it's a pretty big difference, If you, but it's not a bad difference. I gotta say, I, I love my autistic brain, and I'm growing to love it more and more all the time as I'm embracing this new identity and this new way of allowing myself to live my life, and um, it, it's, been, it's been a great journey for me, and I would not change it, um, but I do want to change uh, societally the way that we view people with autism. That is why I'm choosing to be so open about it. Because, you know, I, I want to help. I want to help move the needle in the other direction and just start start the conversation, at least even. Like, 
start the conversation. Anyway, that was a lot of talking. Thanks so much for listening. And um, I'm going to um, very uh, casually wrap this up in a very expert way. I'm not good at wrapping up. We all know this. If you've been listening, you know I'm not really great at ending these or ending conversations in general. So, uh, yeah. Okay, that's all. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. I'm worse than usual at ending this. I will, as always, put my contact info in the show notes. If you want to reach out, please do so. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye.